evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, the largest single-screen drive-in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening. And don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink. Mahoning Drive-In Radio, your old friend Virgil back once again for another exciting episode of the podcast. As you guys know, the only podcast dedicated to the love and revival of our beloved drive-in culture. Joined as always by my co-host and general manager extraordinaire, Mark. Say hello, my friend. Hello. And uh, today we're really excited as we continue our Drive-In Owners series We have John Heidel, who is the founder, owner, and chief dreamer over at the Goochland Drive-In in in Haydensville, Virginia. And you guys know it. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of the Mahoning, the drive-in landscape has gone basically down to a very small group of us. And the idea of this drive-in owners series is to shine a light on every single one that has really faced the ups and downs of the industry. And most every single one that we have talked to thus far have been that relic revival story like the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, a land that in its heyday was thriving in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, fell on the hard times, and then a group or the next generation in the family decided to revive it. But today with John, we have a rare story of a gamble to go ground floor with an operation. And he did this in 2009 when the world was talking about Netflix uh, shutting down video stores. So we were in a total different world, certainly not a world that was talking about drive-ins. So uh, happy to report that this gamble has paid off. His fans refer to the Goochland as the GDIT, but here at the Mahoning, we lovingly refer to it as the gooch welcome john <laughs> <laughs> i love it hey thank you guys for having me uh i am honored uh, as i mentioned before we came on air you guys are are legends and celebrities in the uh, driving world and uh it's very cool that you guys reached out i appreciate it glad to be here oh that means the world because you know your story is rare like i mentioned the idea that somebody has the dream and makes that dream a reality. It's really something that we hear on a regular basis because our story is out there. People reach out and say, all I wanna do is own a drive-in. My only dream is to own a drive-in. Oh yeah. And it inspires. And you're somebody who had that dream and actually made it happen. So why don't we start there? 2009, right? 2009, the origin, uh, as all stories have an origin, actually dates back to the to the idea of opening a drive-in dates back about three or four years prior to that uh, we had my wife christina and i had two small children uh, but we were clamoring for a night out and uh, let's go to the movies well you try to do that even at a matinee with two small children and <laughs> that move <clears throat> you know 20 minutes into the the movie one of us is out in the car with the younger one And we just dropped 85 bucks. Um, We tried that a couple of times, I guess, because we just wanted to punish ourselves. But we uh, (laughs) finally, I said, we're driving home and we just dropped another 85, $90. I said, you know what? Let's let's try a drive in. Uh, The problem was 
as is the case most everywhere today, there weren't any around. Yeah. And so that's when the wheels started turning and said, Hey, if we're, if there are other folks out there like us, um, it was out of necessity. Basically we want to go out. We don't want to spend a lot of money. We want it to be kid friendly. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the, uh, whole motivation began. Hey, could there really be a drive-in in the 21st century? Yeah, I love that. We always say the the magic in the sauce here at the Mahoning is it's a blend of the old school and the new school, you know, and you kind of have to exactly. marry those two together. And inherently, the drive-in culture is classic. The whole appeal of it is classic. It brings back memories of the past but giving it that spin and appeal and play into like you said a, a new generation is kind of the the trick and what was the landscape in 2009 i know at a certain point virginia was home to i think 140 plus drive-ins there were quite a bit yeah and now you're down to yeah uh, i think at that point we we had like five maybe six wow. yeah but they were all spread out. You know how it goes, two and a half hour radius, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So and most were in the southwestern part of the state uh, as you get down close to Tennessee. At any rate, you know, the cost of housing and uh, real estate had been kind of going through a tumultuous time right about that time. And but things were still pretty high. The funny thing was when you would, you know, my wife is a CPA and I'm kind of an entrepreneur slash businessman slash dreamer. And so we thought we had a great idea. We put together a business plan. This is the boring part of the story, but uh, no, we put together is, a business this plan. This is the inspiring part and the part that people, you know, again, those people who come in are like, how did he make this work? You know? Yeah, they should hear this. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, I don't think any of us had a book, Drive-Ins 101, that we <laughs> could turn to ch chapter one. Yeah. Or to, to go to. And as I found, uh, if you reached out to some driving owners, number one, you most of the time you couldn't ever catch them. And uh, if you did, most often they were pretty reluctant that I found to kind of give up, you know, too much of the, what I feel like is an industry closely guarded secret and almost proprietary in some fashion, because you look, they, you know, they worked, they built, they created, they've worked out the kinks, you know, as they see it. But I was fortunate enough to come across two or three folks that were, uh, you know, very genuine, had a true love for drive-ins. And he mentioned to me, he asked me, he says, well, are you looking to get rich? And I said, man, that would be great. He says, well, you're looking <laughs> at the wrong business, son. Yeah. He says, but if you take care of your customers and you, you have a love for it, you can make a good living. And I said, you know what? That's good enough for me. I wasn't looking at that point to build a chain or anything like that. I wanted to operate in my mind, at least a country drive-in that folks could come to from all around uh, that if you were young or old and everybody in between could enjoy and without spending a ton of dough. So pretty much the whole drive-in mentality. Uh, you guys mentioned about the trick and I'll get to that in a second. But once we had this business plan put together uh, and a very thoughtful business plan, we thought we'd done our due diligence pretty well. There was no bank would talk to you no real estate broker, uh, no real estate agent in terms of helping you find land. As soon as they heard what you were trying to do, yep. you lost all credibility. 
And, it's like, oh, this person's insane. Okay, next. Right. Next. Right. Oh, and it went on that way. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. We even went to the county, uh, the economic development board there, and it was really funny. I didn't know who to ask for at that point, but I walked in to the main receptionist, told them what I'm trying to do for, you know, for the county. And she said, go down this hall, talk to these folks. I went there. They said, oh, you want to go down the, hall, the other side of the hall and talk to that guy? He sent me back to someone else who ended up turning, sending me back to the original person. They all <laughs> chuckled and laughed. They didn't take it serious. Gave right. me a brochure about starting a business in Goodson County and sent me on my way. Yeah. So it uh, This went on for a while. I could go into the minutiae. But at any rate, we finally found a small bank willing to take a chance on us. And uh, that's where it began. You know, where we said, okay, all right, we've got, we've secured some financing to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. Um, you, you put in your life savings on a hope and a dream. And that's a tough thing. You know, there's a lot of sleepless nights, but, and I tell one of the entrepreneurs or anyone with some sort of dream, if you believe in it, if you believe in it, and we did, and we thought we would be customers. You know, I tell anybody, no matter what business you're looking to start, would you be a customer? And do you think you could find other people to think that way, enough people to think that way, uh, that you may have a fair shot at it? But, uh, you know, you can't be absentee. As you guys know, you cannot be an absentee owner, I find. You know, you can take a night off here and there, of course, but my heart's in this, and uh, I love it. I've, since we started in 2009, I've missed maybe six shows. So I've been there most of the time. Uh, that first night I took off was was like cutting an umbilical cord. You know, it was so weird. But I've got a, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a good staff, as I know you guys do. And that's oh, yeah. that. In the last few years, that's even become more of an issue. I guess even for all of us, no matter what business you're in. But uh, it's so tough, you know. But it it, we're lucky in that the, the drive-in is appealing on a lot of levels. Oh yeah, and people are willing to. Be open to the idea of of taking a business model or a risk in this case and support it. Now, traditionally, the first question out the gate is what is the landscape? But this will be a great one for you in that when it came time to finding that perfect landscape, how did that all go down? I take it you guys are away from any sort of city area and uh, kind of a middle of nowhere situation like us. Right. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> You want it and you want to be. I mean, the ones that have to contend with ambient lighting these days or that shopping oh, yeah. center, or that ball field that's moved in, you yeah. know, they, they have a set of challenges that we fortunately don't have to deal with. I basically found a lot on my own. I drove around for a better part of a year and a half. You know, just I would drive and I would look and I would try to envision. And then any type of commercial land that was available, you know, it ended up not being the right place or the right uh, area. Finally, actually, I say I found this spot on my own. I didn't have a broker or anything at the time, but by word of mouth, someone said, I know of a piece of land that's going to be up for sale soon. It's not on the market yet. And it just happened to be right off of a highway exit that situated us 25 minutes from Richmond and 25 minutes from Charlottesville. And so it was easy to get to. Yeah, uh, perfect there was nothing out there, but um, that's where we dug the shovel in, so to speak. And what is the layout of the drive-in? I take it when you first got the idea, you were thinking of potentially a, an envision of a childhood drive-in, which single screen, two screens right out the gate? Well, you know, the dream was big, but the reality of the, the bank account was uh, 
kind of you know, <laughs> down to earth. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we said, let's start off with a single screen. We purchased 10 acres, so we thought there would be room to grow. But we, you know, we were not developers. Uh, we had no idea really what we were getting into. And when you build a new drive-in, well, you've got the Department of Environmental Quality coming in. You've got to deal with the water people. You know, we're on well and septic. Uh, there's a whole host. They made us, we had to make sure our drainage was done properly and that we had a retention pond to catch any excess runoff. And it was, was it was daunting. And open. Right. It's not like you had an existing building that you went into and, you know, hey, the plumbing's all there. I can work. Right. It was not a fun process to build it or develop it. You know, when you're, everyone says, well, if you want to grow, you know, grow, you want to put yourself in strange situations and uncomfortable situations. And uh, I can tell you, it was uh, so hard to say the least and very uh, stressful. And all these things would pop up that you did not budget for. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, we grew from that. And uh, after it was all said and done, you know, we had our drive in and we got to open up. And the thrill of that was amazing and continues to be so. I mean, you guys see it. I know you have your regulars as we do. And they have a love for the drive, and they're they're a little uh, protective of it. And oh, yeah. and then you also have your first time folks come out, and just the it's fun to watch the look on their faces, just to to look around and kind of soak it all in. And there's such an authenticity with what you guys do and what we try to do, and a lot of the driving owners do uh, that you cannot find anywhere anymore. And uh, I think, what are we down to one blockbuster left in the country, right? Out in Oregon. So, yeah, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of that. And I hate to refer to blockbuster like it's so old school, but I guess nowadays it would be considered that. You know, there's a lot of that old fashioned entertainment that has just gone the wayside. You know, we know the reasons why drive-ins went by the wayside. But uh, thank God for all the folks that hung in there all those decades to keep theirs alive. To the folks that came back in, got things running again like you guys did, it takes a certain type of dreamer. It takes a certain type of visionary to do that. And I think we all know getting into this, as I learned getting into it, you're not going to become the next Elon Musk doing a driving. But what you are going to do is bring a lot of joy to people's lives. And it sounds corny, but to me, that was a big reason for doing this. Uh, I wanted to bring a little bit of whimsy. I wanted to bring a little bit of joy and a little bit of that throwback to modern audiences. So huge gamble, uh, but so far so good. And from my understanding, your opening day was a packed sellout and you were well received right out the gate, no pun intended. Well, I tell you, thank God for that. It was a little bit rainy that night. Very stressful. I hardly remember it. And for some reason, (laughs) I really, I I, I honestly, I, I don't think I had much sleep that week, but we were fighting to get the drive-in you had to get the certificate of occupancy so you could get in the building and start you know installing everything well they gave us that the day before we were had announced to the world that we were opening wow so we you know we we really didn't have anything down we didn't know how to operate anything and uh it was it was a whirlwind to put it mildly but the folks were very uh understanding and uh you know with each passing week uh, we started to get things down a little bit more and we're 14 years into this thing and we're still trying to get it down. You know, there's always something that you can do. Yeah. You, you know, learn as you know, every day and the industry, up. obviously, you know, that's the big topic talking to owners now is 
the ability to pivot now that the industry what is hollywood you know what is a release schedule what is it's it's really crazy to see the landscape of not just drive-ins but cinema in general right take that shift over and over again even even over 14 years well i think you know we're definitely i, I think i can safely say that all of us here are huge fans of drive-ins but i would hasten to guess that we're all also fans of cinema and you know during the pandemic when cinema you know indoors were shut down and drive-ins were the only true entertainment left out there that could function i would have so many people say maybe you guys did too hey this is great for y'all you know this all the indoor theaters close and it'll just be for drive-ins. I said, no, no, no. We we need the indoors. We need indoors to stay open as much as drive-ins. And uh, because there's not enough of us drive-ins to warrant throwing out these films that way. So sure. I uh they don't pay uh, attention to theater owners as a whole, let alone drive-in owners as a whole. <laughs> well, that isn't that the truth, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, it's a it's a little nostalgic remnant of the past to a lot of people. And I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard, you know, Oh, there's still drivings around. No, still, every, still, oh yeah. You know? Every time people think, I swear people think we're the only one, you know, like we have yeah. a certain number of people that come and I know they pass several drive-ins and, and that was another big part of starting the podcast and shining the light is if you are into what we do, this is something that, every single community should have like we used to and those people that That's are true. still out there riding this uh this dream and making magic happen under the stars it's i mean i'll say it i mean we fell in love most of us fell in love with movies at a drive-in and got inspired to run a drive-in as a right. very a youngster and the people who ran those drive-ins in in our childhoods they were were the rock stars of the town they were the dreamer you know the deliverer of dreams if you will but did you have that as well i mean as far as the the childhood experience oh yeah i mean i'm originally from mississippi and then you know then we moved up to virginia and then we i actually graduated high school fun fact for all you pennsylvania folks i graduated high school in westchester Pennsylvania. That's yeah, not for my, me at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just hey, being a Southern kid in PA, you know, how did that go down? It was actually a lot of fun, to be honest with you. I didn't know what a cheesesteak or a stromboli was or a pierogi. I had no idea until I moved to <laughs> it was it was wonderful. But uh, anyway, yeah, we had drive-ins uh, in all those places. You know, my earliest memories, gosh, I think my parents took they were we, to see Fantasia, a re-release of Fantasia, I think. It was at a drive-in and uh, Jaws, I remember. I mean, of course, Star Wars. What were the other ones? Escape to Witch Mountain. You know, all those, you know, whatever came out. Yeah. Uh, but a drive it. yeah, my parents were young. They didn't have a lot of money and drive-ins were a great option, you know. And all through the 80s, went to them. And, but they started getting, you know, fewer and further apart. And until you all of a sudden you come to the 90s and, wow, where are they all at? But uh yeah, I mean, great driving memories, inspiring. The smells from the snack bar, they're all different. You know, all drive-ins, as you know, they all have their own characteristic smells, their looks. Yeah. Uh, that you was know, one they, of the reasons I wanted to do this series on the show was that every drive-in has its unique architecture, customs, food specials. 
And that's what we, oh, we like to find out. And, and I will also say when we talk about food in every one of these episodes, I don't usually eat dinner until after we record this. And by the time we're done talking about the snack bar, yeah. <laughs> I'm almost on the floor. So I look forward to hearing your appetite. Uh, that's what I love about drive-ins is that they are all different. There's no, you know, carbon copy. I mean, what, what do we have in common? We show, we have a screen, we show movies, uh, we have a snack bar, but there's a lot of variables in between that and around it. So that's what I love about it. And you, you don't know what to expect. You know, you're going to see a movie, but you don't know, you know, what is this going to be like? You know, what's the, you know, the parking situation going to be like? I love it. And I haven't been to a drive-in that I have not loved. And it, I'm talking about the ones that, you know, are just, they're barely hanging on, but man, they've got, you know, they're, they're, when that movie hits the screen, you hear that sound coming out of the speaker, if they still have the speaker. I mean, I love that. And, you know, we're 14 years into this with the Goochland, but, uh, you know, I, I still feel like I'm not figuring it out yet. You know, I figure, I feel like there's so much more I could be doing or so much more uh, to learn and, I think that's what keeps me going, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, we got to, you know, we got to pay our bills and all that good stuff. But the component of just, you know, seeing how far we can take this thing. And, you know, what I like about the fact is that, uh, you know, people for the last 14 years, kids growing up around here within an hour or two hour drive, think that a drive in is just a normal thing because for them it's here. They've grown up with it. It is. And they can drive two or three hours away. There may not be a drive-in. They can, most places, there's no drive-ins. Where you guys are at, I know you draw from a, a wide, wide, wide area. But for your locals, I mean, those kids, those families, it's a normal thing having a drive-in. And that's what I dig about it. You know, it's they used to be ubiquitous, and now they're they're not so ubiquitous. I think that's what makes us pretty special, all of us. And, uh, I'm glad to be a part of the the industry, the family. I uh, I take a lot of pride in it, and I'm protective of it. And uh, I'm, I try to be an ambassador for drive-ins. I always encourage our, our guests to, say, you know, check out the other drive-ins out there. You know, they, you know, take a road trip sometime. Yeah. And uh, let's support these guys and, and that's, gals. That's the mission, you know, uh, with uh, with our whole entire industry shrinking down to the size that it is. It's so strange to see Hollywood totally shift into a retro mentality where everything mm -hmm. is nostalgia based. Everything is uh, geared toward this feeling of nostalgia and the drive in and the dri drive in owners. Now they have that built into their business and so true. <laughs> everybody exactly who, right. who opens a business like you can't pay for that type of appeal and nostalgic appeal you know as soon as you say drive into somebody they they light up it's it's you know it's Isn't really it, a magical so thing that you can't describe well it is magical and i've used that term before uh and folks will look at you a little funny sometimes but i said it's really something you have to experience and i mean yeah we show a lot of cool movies you guys show a lot of cool movies that you can't see anywhere else as you know but uh and people, yeah, they're coming for the movies, but they're coming for the experience. And I remember right. as a kid, we would go to a drive-in. They check check the paper, you know, see what's playing. If it's something, you know, fairly decent, nothing we really wanted to see, we'd still go because just to be out there and just uh, it's relaxing. You're unplugged from the world. Yep. And uh, that's what we find that people really seem to enjoy that. Now, we do have a, 
every other week or so, someone will ask, what's your Wi-Fi password? And we're like, we don't have Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> what world are you in, sir? <laughs> right, come on. Go, go up there and get some popcorn. But, uh, you know, I said, we just want you to unplug when you're out here, you know, so um, it's like a safe little bubble, you know, your problem, your setup is similar to ours in that you're fully surrounded by the trees. And it's when you're there, it's it's you don't know what world is beyond those trees. Oh, it, that's such a great way to put it. You're, and you're so right. It uh, I've stumbled upon your drive in. I like a lot of old classic cars and some not so classic cars. But I was driving up there. I'd, I had an old Escort GT from the 80s and I was trying to restore it yeah. don't make fun of me but i was and uh, <laughs> i drove up there and i passed by and i saw mahoning drive-in this was a few years ago and uh so i drove up in there and i just it was it was dead of winter but i did kind of just kind of take a peek real quick and i just felt really good about it and another fun fact our operations manager adam who's an incredible guy he's born and raised not too far from you guys uh in shenandoah yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He's been down in Virginia about 10 or 12 years now. But uh, yeah, he came to work for us, uh, what, seven years ago, uh, just as a part time thing and uh, has really turned into not just a great asset and a, a co worker. He's, he's become a trusted friend. And, uh, but yeah, it's good people in PA, man. Good people in PA. The connections, you know, it's, it's a small world. The world's getting smaller. Well, yeah. before we get to uh, your amazing team, which, you know, we're in the same boat. We're nothing without our incredible crew who really makes the magic happen every single night. Um, I see now that you guys have two screens. So at what point did you make the decision to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to double down? Well, I guess, you know, it was a matter of where how will we put it in there? Because we had taken up most of our usable land with the single screen at the time but I always had this kind of an idea what could we do i'd been to some other drive-ins that had really teeny tiny second screens yeah and i wondered how the audio would work you know when you have one car on this lane listening to this movie and the other car 10 feet away listening to another movie i wondered about the bleed over of audio and what the experience would be like um so i played around with the ideas i sketched a lot of things down for years and years and just could not come up with anything we didn't have the space to have two legitimate, not even similar size screens, but even a screen that was, you know, an area. So I came up with this idea. What if we have a small area of the park to watch traditionally from your car, if you want to, and then an area out in front of that, uh, that would be a manicured lawn with in-ground speakers. People could park nearby, walk up with their chairs or blankets, sit out on the lawn, and in-ground speakers would take care of the sound for them. Ooh. And uh, it was an idea I had. I, I didn't know if it would work, but in, we started building that in 2017 and opened it in 2018. And so far, so good with that. We call it The Grove. And um, the people that know The Grove and been to The Grove there at the, the Gooch and Driving, they love it. And they prefer to just bring their chairs and sit out on the lawn and watch the movies that way. But you uh, got your Grove audience and your traditional, you know, uh, main screen audience, main screen audience. So and it, you know, what what was the benefit of the second screen, even though you could only maybe fit between the, the Grove section and the car section, maybe 85 cars. The, the benefit was because if you, if you sign up for a, a new movie the week before that was a dud, you could push it to the smaller screen, of course, and you could bring in that next movie. Um, 
But what it also did was allowed us to get, I'm sorry. You're a smart man. I was thinking that (laughs) as you said, it is, you get to play on the second screen, you know, you have the ability to really spread your booking prowess, if you will. Well, you know, that's a, that's an art form. I'm still trying to figure out, but, uh, but you're right. As far as, you know, your selection and it allowed us to get a little more creative movies that we wouldn't have been able to, that we knew were going to be smaller type movies. We would not have been able to afford taking up one main screen for an entire weekend or two weekends, you know, with 35, 40 cars showing up, but we could put, we could show it at the Grove and have an enthusiastic fans show up for that, you know, particular movie. So it allowed us to get a little more creative than just showing the the superhero movie and the, the Disney animated movies and the Pixar and that kind of thing. So we were able to get into more drama, some more artsy stuff, maybe some more edgy horror, even some faith-based movies that uh, there there's a market for, but you know, we couldn't take up our whole screen to do so. But so far it's worked out pretty cool. Such a cool idea. I mean, it's, it's inspiring. I, I love, love, love this series with owners because every single conversation that we have, like we, we all do the same thing. Like you said, same setup, same grind throughout the year, but it's, it's finding those little things that work for you. And that's a great one. You know, now tell me about numbers. How, how many people does the Grove hold versus the uh, main screen? Uh, you know, the Grove, we've had as many as the equivalent of like 110 cars up there, but that's with about 30, 35 cars in the, what we call the car viewing spaces, yeah, uh, which gives you that traditional experience at the Grove. And then the balance being where we have reserved parking for the folks that park nearby and just walk and sit in the lawn. And over at the main screen, we can fit probably 400 up there, uh, but we tend to keep it, you know, somewhere around 300, 325. Keep it comfortable. We do. Uh, you know, when you get those sellout nights, which we all love, I had a, a wise gentleman tell me uh, who was just a, a sage uh, in the driving world. And I'm like, man, I want to sell out every night. He says, I don't know if you do. He goes, uh, you know, it gets to be a little nerve wracking. You're really pushing your resources. Oh, you know, yes. and he, you know, <laughs> and you guys know what I'm talking about when it's, it's a stressful thing. And, uh, you figure out what your limit is. So that's that's the way we kind right. of played it is. We oversold and, you know, really said like, look, let's never do that again. Let's take it back. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that's the case with you being that, you know, you really were figuring it out as you go. You know, up until about 2019, we did it the old fashioned way. You bought your ticket at the ticket booth as you drove in. Yep. And then in 2020, and even then, when you have a big block, I mean, our biggest movie ever was It when it came out. It was unbelievable. And horror movies and rated R movies don't always do so well at the Goochum. But It was incredible on so many levels. We had folks lining up four hours early to get in. And so we were supposed to open the gates at like 5 or 5.30. By, by 4 o'clock, we were sold out. So we started putting, you know, on our Facebook page, we would started doing parking updates. Hey, folks, you know, be sure, you know, we're at 50% capacity, we're at 60% capacity. And a lot of folks would look at that. We'd always remind folks to look at those updates. But inevitably, on a big, big night, premiere weekend, you know, for Avengers or whatever it would be, you know, you've got, uh, you're down, they're like, you know, parking crews radio and say, hey, we have 10 more spaces. <laughs> you're like, so, you know, time to break right. some hearts at the gate. <laughs> oh, yeah. The last 10 people coming in, you're the greatest person. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Those 20 or 30 are waiting on the main road. Oh, yeah. I've, you get yelled at and all kinds of fun little words, but uh, yeah. they hate you. <laughs> yeah. I got tired of that, of course. I never would let the staff deal with that. I always walk, would walk up there to deal with it because I didn't want them to have to get berated like Take that. Eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So 2020 comes along and I'm like, we're going to start doing, we'll do online ticketing, right? We're going to make it touch free. That's the big thing. Everything's touchless. Yeah. So we started doing the online ticketing and it was so well received by everyone it allowed us on one hand we could limit the number of tickets so that we could control our spaces yeah which we had to do in 2020 but the the customers loved it because they knew they weren't going to drive 30 45 minutes and get there to find it sold out on a big night so we kept it we kept the touchless uh buying advanced ticketing and it's worked out so well this will be what our fourth year doing it so yeah, it's worked out. You know, you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, that trick of the nostalgia with the modern. And, you know, folks, they want that nostalgic feel that, you know, when they come to a drive-in. But modern audiences expect modern sound, modern pictures, modern conveniences. Once in a while, we get complaints that we don't have an ATM machine. But those complaints are starting to go away because everyone's paying with debit card, it seems like nowadays, anyhow, or Apple Pay or whatever it may be. But you know, we've tried to adapt in those ways to take those alternative payments. We still take cash, but uh, fewer and fewer folks are using that with us. We still don't have Wi-Fi. We still won't have Wi-Fi next year or the year oh, after gee. that. We are going to keep. Oh, we are going to keep that in place. Baby. Unplug. Unplug. <laughs> yes. Hashtag unplug. Right. That's so, right. but uh, I mean, I have so many questions for you guys too. I mean, I remember uh, I, I I knew about you and everything. Then I stumbled on the. Uh, uh, documentary and i was just enthralled with it and i love the creativity you know the fly-by-wire kind of thing which we do on some nights too there's no doubt about it and i think every driving does you know the show must go on and you guys make the show go on and yeah. you guys got so creative in doing that to get that picture bright on the screen and it just uh it was so inspiring and uh, i could feel the tension like i was sitting there with y'all the night y'all had to do all these things and it just uh it resonated so much with me and yeah. uh it, it made me proud man I, just to see that just that kind of the love and the and just the you know the the characters you know not just at work there but that, that show up there and everything and it's such a it's such a unique thing y'all have going unbelievable it's nearly impossible to catch and like you said even describe the experience of the drive-in and when al was following us around for a year i kept thinking like what is this gonna be like this some of this is so mundane but he found the the drama and the magic of of at the time even we didn't know that we were uh spinning and it's it's the gift that keeps on giving i mean like mark said to have a such a, a calling card constantly coming around and saying i just discovered you on this random streaming site you know it's uh it was uh it was so good and uh i think they did a great job with it and uh, uh just the way it uh you know i could they capture everything i don't know but i surely got a great representation anybody that watches it uh you can't help but want to visit the mahoney drive-in you can't help but want to be a part of that it's inspiring i mean that's more than anything you know you know it from watching the documentary i've been talking about running a drive-in forever my whole childhood practically and 
it, the fact that it inspires people and the story now inspires people the same way that the Bucks County Twin inspired me when I was a kid and turned my life on its heels. It's it's such a gift and such a mind blower that, right. you know, it, it's become what it's become. And we know how hard it is. We see the drive-ins close every other week, practically, it feels mm -hmm. like. And, know. you know, to find that magic and more than that, the, the people that are willing to spin that magic is really difficult. And you talked about uh, your team and we want to talk about the appeal of the drive-in, the concession stand and the food. What's your layout like there? What's your breakdown as far as the team? You got somebody running the stand for you? We've always been fortunate enough to have a great team, but it's it's kind of a rolling team, you know, because people come and go. But our average employee stays about four and a half years. You know, we'll get them in high school. They'll stay with us through college. We've had employees last as long as 13 years with us. Um, it's hard to leave, and, you know, it's hard to leave. It's, uh, you know, these were adults that had normal jobs. A lot of them, they were still working with us on the evenings and weekends. And I don't know how they did it for so long. Uh, they are totally missed, but, um, you know, I understand that all good things must come to an end, but we've also had benefited from, you know, a kid that starts with us at 16, first job, yeah. you know, a little bit shy, but we kind of, you know, look, the best thing I can tell a, a young employee, maybe a little nervous, you know, you know, this is not rocket science. If you're, if you smile at the customer, make sure you smile always, never turn your back to the customer. We don't want our, any of our staff to be leaning up against, you know, the snack bar there. Uh, when a customer walks up and their back is to them, we don't want that. We're going to be facing forward. We're going to have a, a smile. We're not going to be too chatty, but we're going to be welcoming and we're going to be helpful. And if, you know, you're going to give the customer what they need, how they want it. You know, some customers may, Hey, I don't want any ice. Some customers want it topped off with whatever they want. You know, if we can do it, the kind of the rule of thumb is if it benefits a customer and it's mutually beneficial for the, the business, let's do it. And so far that's worked out really well. And, you know, complaints, I guess we all have them on some level, but most complaints are pretty genuine. And if they see that you're making a genuine effort to correct it, most folks appreciate that. And, you know, they come back for the service. I would hasten to guess it's the same at your driving. The customers, they see that you're making an effort. You're, you're, you're doing whatever is possible to make sure they have a great time. And, and we do the same thing. Our snack bar is very small, very small. Uh, and again, you know, it's a snack bar and the restrooms on the either side, projection room upstairs. And it's a small footprint because at the time that's what the budget mandated. Yep. And so on a busy night, you know, you're cranking out food and you're humping, trying to get orders out. You know, it's become almost organized chaos and how folks will just kind of slipstream past each other. If you've ever seen ants go back and forth and they're all traveling on a little branch or something like that, that's almost the way it is. We're just, we, we, something, we never seem to bump into each other. We just always move around. And that's incredible. And now, the, and the kids, do you guys have like a corral system to work lines? Do you have multiple registers? Uh, stop and serve type of a situation. Yes, I'll uh, I'll uh, try to to be so, as succinct as I can about that. So we started off with we have four serving quote quote serving windows. Yes, and it's it's walk. It was originally walk up style. Ooh, okay. Folks get into the they walk up to it just like a snack bar, a concession stand at a high school, 
and the menus are above each one and you would look up say give me that give me that uh they bring up the order and they go what we call run they go run and put the order together hand yeah. it to them along with the sack to throw their trash out and that would be the thing and our lines have always moved pretty fast but on the busy nights as you know the lines can get pretty long and yeah. when lines get long no one likes to wait too long I've, I've heard a lot of driving owners say man the lines were so long tonight they were long all the way through the intermission and I know that translates into sales dollars, but on the flip side of that, it translates into mom or dad had to wait in that line the whole time while the rest of the family was watching the movie. Oh, yeah. I just, I, it, it always irked me. So I had this idea for a while and I just didn't know how to implement it. So last year we put in outdoor kiosks. It's kind of a, a line guided system, a corral system. They walk up to a kiosk, place their order, grab their ticket walk through the corral up to the service window. By that point, the ordering, the payment is already done. And all our staff can do at that point is run and put the order together really quickly. Nice. And it's it's strangely enough, it's, it's shaved off about 50%, I don't know, 40 to 50% faster to get those lines down. So when the movie starts, our lines are, are down to maybe one or two people. Always thinking, man, always well, thinking. I, well, you know, you hope there's a lot of hope in those in that thinking. You hope these things will work because, you know, right. we're a drive in, you know, we don't have limitless pockets. And so when we invest in something, we really uh, have to make sure. Yeah. Make sure it's a wise decision. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you hope. What's popular for you guys? What's the banger sellers? What do people come? I did hear that you guys have some specialty uh, gooch themed items. <laughs> so, okay. So the hamburgers, the barbecue, they don't get the press. The, what gets the press at the drive-in is the gooch dog. The gooch so, dog. The That's gooch it. Dog. It's legend. So, it, it's reached me. It, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And I'm glad to hear it. It's my wife's creation. And so this, this all goes out to Christina. She's the one that invented it. You know, she's like, we've got to have some kind of signature dish. And I'm like, well, look, we can't have too many different items. It's a drive-in. You got, you know, two hours to feed everybody. She goes, you got to have a signature dish. So uh, she came up with the Gooch Dog, and that's an all-beef hot dog, topped with uh, a special mac and cheese, and then drizzled with a top secret sauce. Oh and it's 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 so good. It you can drooling, be messy. Mark? <laughs> the part where I said at this point in the show I get really hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really there hungry. There you go. But uh, we give you a spoon because it does, it does, uh, it can be a little messy. So like but that's our biggest seller. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I mean, people, uh, that's what they seem to dig. You know, I guess, you know, when you go to a certain restaurant or a certain place, you know, you, hey, we got to try this when we're here. So that's what they do. They, they all come and they'll try the Gooch Dog. Everybody likes it or loves it. Nobody hates it. So uh, we, we crank out the Gooch Dogs every night. No doubt about it. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, well, it sounds like business is going really, really well for you guys. You've uh, you've really lucked out having the community um, embrace you. Uh, I mean, now, now that you have the mic, are there any kind of choice moments, memories, hurdles, being a drive-in owner uh, that you had to overcome that you think the uh, listeners might find intriguing? Well, I think that's, you know, the lifestyle change. You know, more so than anything, especially in the first few years, you know, we, you get invited to the, you know, the, the summer parties or the, the cookouts and things like that, which Good always my weekends. On, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. What's that weekend? Right. So, uh, 
you know, that that's been a big adjustment to, uh, you know, after a while you stop getting invited because you, you can't ever come. But uh, it's uh, it's gotten a little better in the last couple of years, I suppose. But, you know, the lifestyle of it. But, you know, on the flip side of that, we all have off a few months a year, uh, at least in some regard. And then we, uh, you know, we never have to fight traffic to get to work. Monday mornings are not the pariah that they are for most people because we're usually still asleep or something. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so we're not we're not out there in the grind. Well, that's a good say. I mean, you guys, are, are you open seasonally, I take it? We are. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think folks would come. We have tried some wintertime, you know, specials and things like that. But uh, typically, you know, spring to fall uh, seems to work best for us. And just weekends or choice days and weekends? Uh, we start out weekends, finish up weekends. Summertime, we'll open up multiple nights, you know, four to four to seven nights a week, depending nice. on, you know, what the draw of the movie, you know, if the movie has a big draw and those movies that have big draws are fewer and farther between so we we want to capitalize on that as much as we can but uh you know the summertime when the kids are out we try to you know stay open at least four or five days a week i always like to ask now the cinematic landscape around you i mean obviously we love to know whether you're built up rural or in a you know situation like that are there other theaters around you indoor drive-ins do you have kind of a circuit because I know that having that little cinematic community around you can help. Uh, no circuit. There is, uh, you know, the Regal Indoor Cinemas are about 30 minutes away from us. And, and strange enough, with the exception of a couple of other driving owners I and my booking agent, I really don't talk to too many other people these days in the driving industry. And, and, and that's, uh, that's something I've been working to change because I really enjoy the camaraderie and I really enjoy just, you know, swapping stories and, and hear about everybody's experience like you guys do. So that's why I'm right now is such a treat for me. But, you know, you are, you know, you, at times you feel like. You're out on an island. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're out in the middle of the ocean on a dinghy. You know, that's even right. worse. But, yeah. uh, you know, I've heard people say, well, John, it's lonely at the top. I said, I'm not at the top of anything. I'm just trying <laughs> to, you know, sell popcorn and sell tickets and bring a little joy and whimsy to folks' lives. You know, yeah. And there's no one to rely on locally for us, at least, that if there's an issue or a problem not like you have a, a small indoor down the road where you can say hey i didn't get my dcp or whatever that that has happened a few times but uh fortunately we've always worked that out but it's been so rare but yeah. uh, thank goodness but i'll tell you we started out doing 35 millimeter in 09 and ran it through 2012 we were 35 millimeter i was uh I feel like a badge of honor with that because I, I got to experience what it was like to, you know, splice yes. and to, and to that hear is that, incredible. Just, just to hear that. Well, the, what was that now? And, I got to know, like, what was that like finding and installing 35 millimeter in 2009? Well, I tell you, I have no idea. It was all fresh to me. It, you know, the projection system had been refurbished and, you know, repowder coated and that and whatnot, but it looked old. You know, there's no other way to say it. And uh, it, you know, I had the, the platter system and, uh, you know, I had to learn how to splice film and, you know, make sure you, as you guys know, make sure that you put the audio strip on the right side and all that good stuff. And I only had one problem though. Well, I always had film break. We all have that and platter issues, but uh, we never lost the show, but. Yeah, I'm glad I got to do it. I miss it, you know, you know, to some degree. It, uh, 
whenever you want to change up the order of the films for the next night, uh, that always presented a little bit of an issue. You had to think ahead for that. <laughs> uh, I, as you know, I, I miss I miss it. I had the system dismantled when we got our digital projector in 2013, and I kept it in my garage, climate-controlled garage, for eight years. And I tried to – I couldn't give it away. Nobody yeah. wanted it. And uh, eventually we just had to, you know, just kind of do away with it, which made me sad. I just, I didn't have the room to keep it, and, but I could not give that system away. I should have called you guys, but. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have wanted it either. Unfortunately, we've got our own uh, old problems. <laughs> although, <laughs> although, also, we still have our original projectors from 1949 and they're ah, real, real, they're real to real changeover. Yeah, that's right. You've probably seen them, but yeah. um we, we kind of enjoy keeping those alive, um, but I feel for you because anytime that I've had to throw away an old piece of projection equipment, especially 35 millimeter or no, like I still have the platter in storage. Right. We had a platter at one time and then we put the other machine back in again, but uh, I still have the platter and I feel I don't want to throw it out because it's, but you're right. Nobody's ever going to want it. Yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it, my wife calls me somewhat of a pack rat. I like, I like old things. You know, I like things of when I grew up that era, right. you know, right. the first thing I ever bought off eBay, like 20 some years ago was a $6 million man still in the box, never played with. And I paid a hundred bucks for it. And she goes, are you nuts? What are you doing? I said, you like, understand this was dollar man. <laughs> it's, a six, it's never been played with. And, uh, yeah. she, she didn't, you know, she didn't get it, but she kind of has always been supportive of, kind of all that stuff but with that projection system you know it, it, it came to a point for us we just we had to to let it go it was sad yeah. I, no one would take it but yeah i have a love for for a lot of nostalgia and a love for old things i try to find things that mean something to me you know collectors are all that way i suppose but the driving just kind of falls in with you know my whole retro mentality it keeps you okay. young, my friend. It keeps. Yeah, you- I'd like to think it keeps me young. I keep looking at the mirror, though, and it's a different story, brother. <laughs> Those lines yeah. are still coming in. Yeah, I feel you. I, I look in the mirror a lot, and I look and I say, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing broken? What's going on? It's right. It's affecting the mirror. This thing's, this thing's lying. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I dig what you guys do, and uh, I, I, I did, you know, the passion, you know, is just. It it's the through. most important part, you know, and it that's the thing we love about you, too, is, you know, anybody that is willing to take that jump and got embraced the way that you have been embraced is it, it's it, it's the dream. It really is. You know, I had no idea how my dream was ever going to become a reality. And it's not like you said, there's any plan to go about it. And sometimes you just have to walk out on that plank and hope that people are going to get behind you and. You're really, really lucky that uh, that that's the case. You know, I think the the story, as much as ours is inspiring, yours will certainly cross over with that. Well, I uh, I agree wholeheartedly, and you know, your story is different than mine, but w- the way they dovetail is the fact that you know there was this love for drive-ins, and right. I, I didn't know anything about drive-ins really. I liked them, and we did some research, but there was this whole thing, and I don't know if you guys ever had this thought or this feeling but yeah there's even to some degree today i'm like man people are gonna find out that i don't know what the heck i'm doing that i've just been faking it this whole time and, <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's true but at the same time i'm sure you guys are looked at as, as the experts on, on drive-ins and uh you know we 
we'll get folks that you know want to do articles or ask a question about cinema or something like that because they look at us as quote the experts on it and i guess i guess we are because there's no one else around but uh yeah i, I just feel like there's so much more to learn there's so much more to improve on without changing the culture of it without changing the experience of it and um that's something we try to do here is just to try to make it it could be something simple that the customer never sees and may not even notice but you know what their experience is going to be improved by it you know i find that you know the creativity part as you guys know when you don't have deep pockets and a, a lot of employees uh, when you own a business you've got to get creative and being creative uh, sometimes can be the better option and uh, for us a lot of the times it was the only option we had to get creative on things yeah and be very selective as to what we were going to invest in uh, or add to the business and uh, to make it what we wanted it to be for folks so the fact that they're still coming out and we're getting new faces coming out you know i'm encouraged about it you know not just this drive-in but you know your drive-in all the drive-ins we're carving out something special for the future you know it's like you said, those drive-ins that inspired us as kids, hopefully we're passing a piece of that on to the next generation. Right. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I know that there's going to be young people out there that have come to your drive-in, come to the, these drive-ins and say, hey, this is kind of a cool deal. I want to be a part of this. And one day we'll be considered the OGs you know, you know of drive-ins. And hopefully there's a, there'll be a new team a of folks you know, taking them yeah. over. Yeah, new batch, yeah. right? We'll pass the baton as... <laughs> I already am the OG. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're going to get a, a license plate made. <laughs> OG, Jeff, the OG. OG. <laughs> I don't know. I'm encouraged about cinema, y'all. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like it's going through a not just a change, but a, you know some bumps in the road. Uh, some were out of everybody's hands, of course, with the pandemic and whatnot. But you know, new technology is going to do its thing. Uh, with the streaming and whatnot. But again, I think it comes back to the experience of going out, especially at a drive-in. I mean, where else are you going to get that? I mean, an authentic experience where you can go out with your date, your family, your friends. Put your phone down. under the stars. Yep. I mean, Live in the world. What a weird concept that is. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know if you guys see this, but you know, everywhere you go today, everybody's got their heads down and they're staring at their phone. And at the drive-in, we see we see less of that because people are actually interacting and they're talking. Yeah, they're reaching over. They're reaching over and they're trying, you know, what that person has and vice versa. And they're they're throwing frisbees and they're hanging out and they're just laughing and you know they're having a great time. And this is before the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. One of the last beacons of a community space and. We said it on the podcast over and over again. What what experience can you pay for and leave before the movie even starts and still right. not in your money's worth? It's it's crazy, you know. I don't know where else could you do that. Right, you're exactly right. We're not we're not all we're not high tech. You know, we're we're far from high tech. We've got yeah, we've got some technology you know built in to function, but you know, it's not a high tech place. It's a screen. It's a building. It's a field. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, drive your four-wheel vehicle in now. So I mean, it's just uh, it's a it's a cool thing. And uh, I mean, what what's the number on drive-ins nowadays? Do y'all know the exact number? What it's down? It always to? lingers it's, right around 300. three hundred. Three, right? It's yeah, it's, it, well, a little bit, a little bit hot, slightly higher. It's about three eighteen, about yeah. three eighteen. Three eighteen. 
Yeah, I think when I started this, there were what 380, 350, something like that. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah. A few years Rides ago, yeah. Line. Yeah. Yeah. And but you know, like you mentioned earlier, there, you know, every other week you see somebody, you know, just saying that's it for us. You know, we're gonna turn yeah. the projector off. It's tough. There's a there's a lot of elements that go into it. You know, as we're finding talking to these owners is nobody wants to give up their business. Nobody wants to, you know, let go of their dream in a sense. But they're also realists about their lives and spending that time the rest of their life. You know, it's I never go the route of Ugh, how dare they, you know, like they're giving up there. This could be preserved. I mean, there's so many different elements and actions that go into decision making, and especially with something this big. That's such a fair statement. I mean, that's an honest, fair statement about if someone, and I've seen some people take some heat for selling out to a developer or something like that. And I'm a purist in a lot of ways, but like you said, their situation can be different. They've worked for forever. And they have a chance to retire with some dignity and maybe sure. have some money in the bank. You know, I, you can't begrudge somebody for that, I don't think. But then, you know, not everybody has a, a an adult child that's willing to take it over or has somebody in the community willing to buy it. You know, I, I do hate when people lament, oh, you know, don't sell it, don't sell it. But then I, there are stories out there that, you know, where no one steps up to buy it. You know? <laughs> On the market years, you know. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. So, you know, when someone's been, they're 88 and they've been working this thing since they were 22, you know, they, they've done their time and they, they've, they've offered a great, you know, asset to the community for over half a century. So I don't begrudge anybody. No. Whatever anybody wants to do, I'm totally cool with that. You know, it's, uh, but I do like, to, I, I do love seeing drivings, you know, uh, stay on as, with an, another owner or something like that as much as possible, but I don't yes. begrudge anybody. I mean, it's it's a small group that we're in, but I feel like we all inspire each other. We all can create this this strange circuit, you know, being that we are a small group. If we support each other, uh, we put the word out and try to spread the word. It, it could be another person who had no idea that the Mahoning or the Gooch ever. I want to ask, do does anybody else call it the Gooch or are we the only? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, apparently that's a that's a slang term for something. Oh, I see. Oh, is that not? It's it's like you. Well, you know, I I think it's I think it's a regional thing, to be honest with you. But uh, we had no idea. So Goochland County was uh, founded after William Gooch, who uh, if you go back to the 1700s, he was somebody, you know, but, uh, you know, as a lot of those, you know, nobles and things like that and wealthy or, you know, statesmen, they would have, you know, cities and towns and counties named after them and so gooch land county so it's situated you know right outside uh, between richmond and charlottesville almost a suburb in some way but it uh, they wanted to maintain and done a pretty firm job of keeping it rural yeah. uh so as a result there's not a lot of business in gooch county very tough to uh to open and start a business at least it was when we tried i can tell you that but uh yeah well, even though it's slang, I mean, are you okay if we call it the Gooch? <laughs> I'm not, hey, I am not. I, I am not offended at all. You know, I mean, you, you have the Gooch dog, so you've embraced. Yeah, right. It. So we right. So I can't. I can't run away from it. So you just got to embrace. You got to embrace it. So I just right. looked up uh, online what uh, Gooch might also. Oh, here we mean, go. Jeez. And, uh, I'll be referring to it as the Goochland Drive-In Theater. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh oh, well, amazing. Out of respect. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we'll accept that too. So that's yeah, right. It's, uh, you know, G the GDIT that uh, got a nice ring. Really does. Well, it just it, it came about just because Goochland Drive-In Theater was so many syllables, and <laughs> you know we never changed our website or emails. It's GoochlandDriveInTheater.com. It it uh, it's a it we runs. never shortened that. We never yep. shortened it. And uh, I'm not the greatest typist, but there's a lot that could go wrong. Oh, <laughs> and there, it's, and it's the has. exact no. same thing for us. MahoneyDriveInTheater oh. at gmail.com. Your fingers like... cramp up by the time you get to the end of that. <laughs> A honing, baby. And there's only one. That's right. So, I mean, Ooh, um, there's a one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the brand, you know, and, and just to touch on that too, we've tried to be as business oriented as we can, you know, work on the branding, keep the logo, you know, what it is. And you guys are great about that. I think your brand, there's nothing, no other driving out there like it. And I think that it makes you guys so special in so many ways. And I hope to see that continue, but uh, I'm also excited to see, you know, what other you know, kind of festivals and things you guys come up with and just uh, events. It's now you talk about inspiring. I mean, some of that stuff you guys do, I'm like, that would never I don't think that would ever work here. But you guys do it and it works and you have a you know, it just I think it's amazing. Who Who is uh, who's the one that kind of wanted to say, let's 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 try to do this. Let's work with what we got. We're going to get these films, 35 millimeter. Was it out of necessity? Because that's oh, that's yeah, all you guys. I, well, yeah, it kind of it kind of was because I wasn't going to remove the original equipment. There was no way I was taking that out. I wasn't going to gut right. that booth and ruin it for any reason whatsoever. So we were kind of forced into retro. But what I love is is that Virgil and Mark are so creative with that. Uh, you know, Virgil is, is my film agent. You know, he's also my partner. He gets the films, and he's very creative. And Mark will come in with stuff every now and then and he's very creative and I'm lucky to have these two guys around me because I'm very old school. I know how to run drive-in theaters, but I don't know modern platforms. I don't know the TikTok and the Instagram and the Facebook and the and I don't really care. That's what these right. guys do. These guys are excellent at it, so I let them off the chain and I let them do it. And I yeah. you know, I concentrate on being in the booth and making sure everything is running right. And uh, so that I got to give credit to Virgil and Mark. I mean, they're 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 very creative, very creative. I mean, it's any good, any well-running machine has you know important parts, and you guys all work together to make it happen. That's hard to find. It really is, and to keep it going, and just it's it's really inspiring. That is, uh, thank that's, you. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I dig. What, I dig what you guys do for sure. But it's uh, if we stick to our guns and and listen yeah. to our hearts, the, you really can't go wrong. That's well, that's what we find is it, once the audience took us into their hearts, half the work was done. I don't know if you noticed this, but I guess you wouldn't tell either way. But the trash situation, like when we first started running retro and we weren't the Mahoning, people would right. come and leave their trash and roll out. Now. Uh -huh. We have patrons every morning picking up trash because they love the place. And it's like, wow. there's a respect level, I think, that you can't pay for, you know? People wouldn't think of leaving a cup on the lawn. They don't want the neighbor to be like, hey, don't you realize how special this place is? <laughs> well, I totally know what you're saying. They're protective of the place. Yep. And it, yeah. And, and, and you've built on that because what happens is, and we've seen it here too, they see the love and the passion and the work 
and the, the genuineness, I'm not, or the authenticity, I guess I'm going to say, that you guys put in it. So that starts to resonate. So what you've done and what you've built, it's going to draw people that are fans of, of drive-ins and of some of the horror movies and all these these really cool cult movies and B movies and you know they're protective of the place. They want to see it succeed. They want to see it open again and again and again for years to come. So I find that and we've seen that too here because in the beginning, I think people thought, hey, it's a free for all. It's a drive-in. Even those that never went to a drive-in thought, ah, oh, they just heard the typical stories of being passion pits and you can just go and hang out and do anything. Party out, bring your date. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do whatever. And so we didn't have much of it, but we had a little bit of the riffraff. And what we found is our reputation of kind of, hey, this is what the place is, guys. We're trying to keep it cool for everybody. It kind of weeds that out. And it sounds like that's what, what's happened now with you know, people being, you know, as you say, more respectful and not leaving trash and things like that. And yeah, I, I don't know any other business where people are protective of it. You know, have such a, a vested not the interest in it. Theaters, that's for sure. You know, oh, it's, not, it's night and day. Enough. You know, right. it is night and day. I went to an indoor yesterday, and I still go to the indoors. You know, I want to support them and see movies and things like that. Sure. I enjoy it, but I find that the employees could not care less what your experience is like. They could not yeah. care less if you're there or not. The less FaceTime they can give you, the better. Oh, and I've, I've worked for the biggest chains in the world. And yeah, the hiring process is turnaround city. And right. it's pretty much rent a seat. You know, the, the appeal is how great is that recliner? You know, it's like right. they <laughs> yeah. could care less like who they're going to talk to on the way to the theater or even after the theater, if there's going to be any communal experience tied in. It's Bingo. like, oh, does that seat recline? What's my right. eye vision line going to be like? <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah. Does yeah. this does this have does this have an ottoman that pops out? I mean, it just I know exactly, yeah. and that's that's what they worked on, you know, to be competitive and to give that kind of a an next level experience, right? But what you said, the hiring, isn't that the first line of defense? I mean, hundred those are those those are your ambassadors working those ticket booths or yes, whatever they do now. They're working on the snack bar. Yeah, right. nothing without that strong crew behind you. If we didn't have those passionate people that raised the bar every single night and gave that experience to every single customer that came in, that that reputation would go away real fast. Yeah, big time. <laughs> hey, when you guys do it well. Oh, well, I was going to say, before uh, we let you go, uh, Jeff mentioned the socials, and it's all a game now. You have to have it. So... Um, while we're talking about it, why don't you tell the people uh, how they can follow you, how they can uh, find a way to get to you, all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate the mention there. Goochlandrivingtheater.com. That's theater with an E-R.com. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, right. our, <laughs> E-R, <know> baby. <laughs> it, some some people go R-E, yeah. but uh, if you Google Goochland Drive-In, you'll get us. If you just Google Goochland, you'll find us too. As far as social media, we stick with Facebook. Uh, we're getting into Instagram here very, very soon. We're, we're way late on that. Uh, we did try Twitter years ago, but just didn't didn't seem to do well for us. And, Certain uh, things the, stick, you know. You yeah. have to play the game. We're talking to owners who have their concession crew doing TikToks for them, so you okay, have to yeah. play the game somehow, you know. Yeah, we've been. Uh, my kids have been telling me to do TikToks and things like that for 
couple of years now. Come on, Dad, get with the times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me, tell me about it. Yeah, so it'll I, be something uh, new tomorrow. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, what's what's going to be the next you know greatest thing? But uh, yeah. obviously, the goal is uh, to get the word out about the place, build a, a quote following, and because what it, what is it? It's the greatest. Uh, it's word of mouth advertising. You know, social media is word of mouth advertising. It's powerful. It's fast. It's far reaching. And yeah. it's a lot more effective than printing out flyers and then going and trying to distribute them around. We always say everything we have is because a friend told a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And it just there is a level of I don't know what the word is. I'm A, a true nature to that. It's like when a friend would. Yeah hand you a record or you know pass on a movie and say you gotta see this right it means something when it comes from somebody that you care about (laughs) it's uh you know it's instant credibility you know and then it's also hopefully some curiosity and like you know i'm gonna go check out the mahoney yeah this sounds pretty cool what's the website okay cool yeah and social media is a double-edged sword as we all know you know that's that's the modern internet of course but you know we've been pretty fortunate that uh as you guys are, that the fans are pretty, you know, they're passionate about it. They're protective of it. And, you know, they're, they're sharing those, those posts They're Yeah. Uh, they're bringing out friends, you know, the friends come and they're like, wow, well, I didn't know what to expect. You know, two or three weeks later, you see that the friends with their family coming out now or their other friends. And I don't see many other businesses where that may happen that maybe, you know, some bars and restaurants, of course, but uh, in terms of entertainment, affordable entertainment. And I don't, I, I think, Nothing equals a drive-in theater. I don't, uh, and if there is something out there, you know, that I'm missing, then I'll admit to it. But uh, I just yep, think right. what You're drive-ins right. are, the people behind them, you know, you know, the drive-in, you know, people who run drive-ins are characters, and uh, a lot of the customers are characters, and it's all, oh, you, yeah. know, you know, and, and we're all here because we want to be, right? We're not here necessarily for the money. No. Uh, if you're on, if you, if you're, you know, working, well, well, you know. And I wanted a business where, you know, customers, a lot of business, especially if it's service oriented, they may try you once and they didn't like it. They're not ever going to use you again. What's great about a drive-in? Hey, you didn't like the movie? Hey, it's okay. Next weekend, there's going to be a totally different lineup. So, you know, things change like that. So that's what's nice about it. And people can come back. Hey, I didn't care for that movie too much, but I see you're playing this next week. I'm going to come back for that. You know, as long as you keep the, the service top notch, uh, that's that's you got to do that. Keep the food yeah. consistent. Keep it good. And our, our food is not gourmet food. It's it's not. And we'll admit to it. But you know what? It's pretty good driving food, and people seem to really enjoy it. So we're going to do that. We're going to you know we're not going to try to venture out and do anything too crazy. Well, before uh, I let you go, I want to have the the guys give the guys an opportunity to ask any questions that might be burning on their minds. My only question is, do you have anything you do during the day uh, to utilize the lot? Some people do flea markets, they do car shows, they do pony rides, whatever. I just didn't know if that was anything that you guys have ever explored. Uh, You know, we dabbled in the flea market thing some years ago. It didn't go too well for us because it rained every time we tried. (laughs) So that, you know, (laughs) we said, all right, we'll try it again next year. We just have never have. You know, we've had some cruise ins and some car shows there. But to your point, I don't think we've maximized it like we, we could. That land sits there during the day. It's not producing any income. And that's that's 
that's a shame. And we thought about different things to do. Should we keep the snack bar open? We're right off the highway. There's not a lot around us. Maybe you could get some travelers want to come in and stretch their legs, use a restroom, order something from the snack bar, have lunch, relax, let the kids play on the playground, and then hit the road again. That was the kind of an idea, but we never uh, implemented that. Uh, I would love to see uh, you know something done like that, but when you work till two in the morning, two thirty in the morning, you're not thinking about opening back up at seven or eight in the morning, you know, for something. At least I'm not. But so I've kept the drive-in basically just a drive-in, you know, evenings, nights. You know, it's it's really nice. You know, when the in the fall when the the times you can start the movies earlier, that's always a bonus. I think everybody always seems to enjoy that. I look forward and, uh, to it every year. <laughs> every year, right? We had a Christmas show early December, and our record is like we start. I think the the movie hit the screen at ten after five on one of those shows. Oh yeah, what <laughs> I a mean, dream. it's unbelievable. And uh, you know, and a double feature, you know, it's all done by eight thirty. I mean, what, <laughs> that doesn't always happen, right? But so you know, with all that talk about you know, doing away with daylight savings time, which way is if that does happen? You guys know which way they're talking about going, keeping it an hour ahead or keeping it an hour back. Oh boy, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be to our benefit. Well, that's what that's, <laughs> I know, we need right? Utah to, to I, step in and lobby hard. Yeah. yeah, let's lobby hard, Utah. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. it's it's all a juggle. But as uh, our listeners can hear, and once they check you out, they can see there's a lot to love about the Goochland Drive-In, and your story, my friend, is so inspiring, and I just know that it's going to be well received. Anybody who calls himself the chief chief executive dreamer is my type of dude, without a doubt. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, it's it's a self appointed title, but I th- I, th- I thought it fit, you know, properly. I didn't see any other uh, title that would really work better for me. You know, I dream re- really well. That works, man. And I think all of us do. And yeah. uh, so that was I'm like, all right, you know, at this place, I'll be the chief one. So. But you know, it's been a it's been a group effort. My wife has been very supportive. Uh, my kids now help me out, you know, at the drive-in, and uh, I've had some good friends over the years help out, and then of course your staff and everything. So, as you guys know, it's it, it definitely takes you know a group effort and everything, and, and we're the faces of the drive-in, you know. So, you know, these are what people see and come to when they need have questions and stuff. Right. But, uh, it's always there's always something behind the scenes, you know, to make it work. And so we'll see what you know, we'll see what 2020, 2023 holds for us. And uh, it's going to be our best year yet, man. I With, think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you so. Know, yeah. Drive ins are on everybody's tongue. And I'm telling you, it's uh, it's one of those things. I really think the shift is coming back. And we found that before it was a hard sell those getting those indoor people to love the drive-in experience where now i think a lot of people are uh, preferring the open free aspect of seeing a movie outdoors and really getting a value when there's no value in an indoor theater anymore unfortunately well you you are right about that and uh you're right about also about the you know people discovering the drive-in they or they have discovered it they want to come back and I mean, you can't beat the experience. And I don't think an indoor versus a drive-in, you know, there's no comparison. They're two totally different experiences. And, yep. uh, you know, you know, it depends. And two totally different price points, too, I might add. So the value is built, built in, you know. Yep. Everyone says, well, what yep. do you, you know, what do, 
the first time was like, you know, what do you, what do you do there? What do you have? I said, well, you know, you make your own fun, you know, really. We've got a playground, things like some games and stuff. But, you know, you guys you know, bring board games, bring whatever, you know, have some fun. That's right. And, uh, what a weird so. concept. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a step back in time. So I don't have to bring my phone? What a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yeah. yeah. What do yeah. I plug into? So. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, my friend. This has been such a treat. No, the honor's mine. I uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for uh, reaching out. I appreciate everything, you guys. And keep doing what you're doing, please. Thank you, brother. Same to you. All right. And, uh, you know, if you want a little tip as far as maybe a piece of merch, just a T-shirt that says, hit the gooch. Hit the All gooch. Right. I'll show myself <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> family Mark, I don't know whether you if cut I... this or not. All right. Family uh, gonna, we'll, we'll table that discussion as Adam, <laughs> as Adam always says. So. But you guys take care, man. And uh, keep oh, doing you're the you best. Doing. You're All right. Y'all stay in touch, okay? Please. All right, my man. And All on right. that note, Jeff, take it away, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out tonight to the Mahoning Drive In Theater. We hope you'll come back and see us again real soon. The exit is on the right hand side of the screen at the front of the field. And most importantly, have a very safe trip home. Good night and God bless you.